Hello, welcome to the Movie Mouthfuls podcast, a movie podcast with zero table manners. Each episode we'll be talking into movies and the odd television show to chow down on some of the most iconic cinematic cuisine scenes in cinema history, as well as just about everything else we can get our hands on. As with the last nine episodes, I'm Jordan, the bloke trying to be known as the film feller online, and of course, in keeping with those episodes, I'm joined by the one and only UK's number one competitive eater, Bid Meets Food! Buenas noches, smelly crutches. How y'all doing? Chowing. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too bad. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a long weekend, man. Uh, we've uh, any well, I don't know. If we, I think we do have some foreign listeners. So it's been the UK bank holiday weekend, and I'm still recovering. Yeah, that means just an extended period of not working. Yeah, and drinking. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, drink responsibly, folks. Yep, yeah, I can echo that message, yeah. <laughs> uh, so first of all, I want to say again, big thank you to all our new listeners because uh, suddenly we seem to be growing week on week which is quite exciting finally <laughs> yeah it's arousing so, well i i won't going to say it but you oh, say it it loud. <laughs> sorry I, I wonder why the table were at an angle <laughs> speaking of which as well i was going to mention like uh again thanks for everyone that's listening but also everyone that's following us on social media we seem to be growing on there as well although please j- just read the posts on facebook <laughs> first please <laughs> Please, it's it's like an absolute bloodbath on there. It's like a full-on war zone. Like we we just say some. We literally, I put a post up on Facebook that was very innocuous, just saying, "Go listen to the new episode." Beard Adam, you know, commented on it. Just you know, like you know, a bit of banter, and then all of a sudden we had a full-on scientific food war but going the on. The problem was, this is the problem. You you, you put a clip from the last episode we did was Scott Pilgrim versus the World. You put the, the infamous clip from Scott Pilgrim where Ramona Flowers says, garlic bread makes you fat. And people could not see that was from a fictional <laughs> film. So they started debating the, uh, you know, the, the, the caloric effects of uh, consuming carbohydrates. And uh, The key is in um, on, on the title of the post, the person that posted it, which is actually not person because we're a podcast. Yeah. It says, movie mouthful. So movie, the word mouthfuls, which if you look at the image, is a burger with a VHS tape in it. And it's a podcast. It's a sketchy it a, picture, to It was be a fair. podcast episode. <laughs> anyway, like, should, should we get off the, the, the online drama? Yes, yes. Uh, so yeah, just be nice to people. Be nice. Be nice on the internet is my, my other message before we jump into this. And uh, finally, big thank you to our first ever official Patreon subscriber, Martin Agate or Agit or Agit. I'm not sure. I, 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 one of those is wrong. Delete as appropriate. But yeah, big thank you. A double G to the ETT. If you wanted to like freestyle rap it like you're, you know, Eminem on Eight Mile. I didn't, but I'm glad you did. So thanks for that. As as mentioned as well, we're we're looking into now that we've got um, some new people who, you know, not only are you listening, but you've got to look at that slightly dubious logo that I created. So we're 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 working on getting something a bit better, a bit more shiny and. You know, professional looking. You can say professional, very professional. Yes, I've I've got friends in good places. So you're gonna say high places. Well, (laughs) you don't. (laughs) So what we doing this week, Beard? Let me finish my swig of water. There, I need to lubricate the throat before I get into this. This week we are doing. (laughs) God damn it! Um, Birds of Prey colon the fantastic something emancipation of Harley Quinn. Am I close enough? Close. It's Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. It was actually Jeez. renamed. This is this is a fun, fun fact straight out of the gates here. It actually got renamed partially. It came out for about two weeks. Barely anyone went to go see it. I think there was a lot of confusion about whether it was a Harley Quinn film or something else. So uh, DC and Warner took the decision to just chop off all the rest of the name and just called it Birds of Prey, which I don't know if that was a good thing. So I think a lot of people that did want to see it probably wanted, they probably believed it was a Harley Quinn film. So that will have probably added to the further confusion. Like, they'd have been better off just calling it Harley Quinn. I, I remember it when it came out, mm. um, it just being called Birds of Prey. There was no like, I, I actually thought when I came to watch this on Sky Store, I think, or some shit, yeah. I don't know. Um, I thought, like, is this a spe- like a director's cut version? Yeah, so yeah. they gave it, like, an extra, you know... Um, a tag of some kind. Yeah. yeah, tag to the title. But no, like you said, that was the original name, I guess. Yeah, I mean, as well, uh, it's, it's we'll, we'll get into it, but it's more of a Harley Quinn film than the Birds of Prey film anyway. So, like, yeah, it's just, it's a little bit of a mess. Not as much of a mess as Wonder Woman 1984 that I spent this weekend watching, but that's for another day. <laughs> I get the feeling this is going to be like a, a 
comic book movie therapy session and I'm going to be sat here just listening <laughs> to you complain about it. But to be fair, I'm going to do my own share of complaining today. This film was absolute gash. <laughs> right. Well, with that all being said, should we, should we dive into some general chit chat? Let's do it. Feel the power of those chuggy chuggy riffs. I can see you there rocking out. <laughs> yeah, man. Every week, every week, hit me in my loins this week. <laughs> you know, one day if we ever film these, depending on how we edit them, the people are just going to see you just like nodding your head, <laughs> getting more and more into it each week. I was going to say, wait a second, you edit these? <laughs> uh, well, I try. <laughs> so, Birds of Prey, 2020, cast your mind back. 2020 before, before the world went to hell in a handbasket, pretty much. It was one of the, the final films that made it out of the gate before everything shut down. So it came out in February or something? Yeah, it was around February time. Um, I think there was this. I can't remember. There was another film that I went to go see, and then and then that were it. Game over. Every, everything changed. And here we are. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> here we are, living in the bunkers. <laughs> Quite literally today. Uh, so yeah, this film was uh, directed by Kathy Yan. Um, I've looked into it, and I think she is like an up-and-coming director because there isn't a very large back catalogue of anything of note. I'm sure there is. Obviously, if you're into your independent films and your short films and stuff, yeah, but uh, I've not seen anything, so I can't comment. But despite being called the film fella, your, your knowledge <laughs> of films is reasonably limited. Hey, it, it, it's, uh, it's niche. It's niche. I've got, I've got a niche. Also, part of the reason that I, I went down this whole film thing back in the day was that I wanted to watch things that I hadn't seen before, even if the things I should have seen and then comment on them. So All right, okay. there you go. That was that was my a initial noble plan. endeavor. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm still at it to this day. <laughs> so uh, I guess casting. Do you want to talk about casting? I know you've got some words to say about some cast members. Let but... me. You know what? That, my my contribution to this discussion is going to be fairly limited. So let me just kind of get in early and look like I know what I'm doing by saying some actors' names. Margot Robbie, naturally. Correct. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who we mentioned last week. Again, this looks like we, we have some kind of... Um, Idea about what we're doing. Yeah, like a, a grand <laughs> plan. We don't really, but she is in it. Ewan McGregor's in it. Uh, I forget the dude who plays uh, Victor Zaz. Uh, Chris Messina? Yeah, I've seen him in some shit before. He's in Argo. And uh, if you remember that really terrible film where they get stuck in a lift and then the devil tries to kill them all. That's a great film. What the fuck are you talking about, son? <laughs> I, I, I know it is. <laughs> but it's, it's very, very... Not many people know about it. It's, it's a good... You know what? It's got my... Uh, I've got with a man crush on... Um, what's the guy's name? I keep saying it. Logan Marshall Green, who was also in that movie. I forgot you were even in that until anyway, you said that then. Um, yeah, and... Who, I'm, I'm miss, well, obviously I'm missing uh, someone. So you got Ewan McGregor... Um, I don't know what else she's been in, but just for the sake of her being a main character, we should mention her name. So Ella J. Basco plays Cassandra Kane, which is the little girl. Um, you've also got Journey Smollett, who plays Dina Lance, Black Canary. Um, if you haven't watched it, she's in a TV series, a HBO like limited series called Lovecraft Country. I don't watch TV. Uh, it's fantastic. So if, if any of our listeners do watch TV... You should check that out because she's 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 brilliant. Um, and then the only other one that you missed out really of note is Rosie Perez, who plays Renee Montoya. Um, she's from White Men Can't Jump, uh, Pineapple Express, the other guys. She was in a film. She in... played the alcoholic cop. Uh, yes, yeah. In this she... film, obviously, yeah, not White yeah, Men yeah. Can't Jump. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in Fearless from 1993, which I haven't seen because it was the year I was born. It she took like a 20-year of... hiatus from acting. <laughs> <or something. laughs> well, this was this. The, uh, the like the, the most noted stuff. All right, okay. So I went with that. Um, but yeah, you got everything. So any thoughts on that cast in general? I'm completely ambivalent to that <laughs> cast. I mean, that's. I mean, it's not. I wouldn't say it's. Uh, uh, Last week I made the remark about Scott Pilgrim and saying that it was an incredibly good cast, well casted, and you know the ability yeah. level of the cast is good. Mm -hmm. I have no uh, <laughs> nothing negative to say about the ability level of this cast. I just don't fucking know half of them, you know. <laughs> Basically, that's what I mean. From. I mean, it, as far as sort of notes for this film or any kind of like what I picked up from from watching it, you and McGregor is excellent in this. I'm not sure if he's quite. The Black Mask from the comics, they've kind of... Everyone's a little bit different in the DCEU, as we will probably get into at some stage in this conversation. But um, it's very... Um, it's almost Jokery-esque, but also is a mob boss, which is kind of what the Joker is in this universe anyway. But let's not get into that. But he's good. He hams it up. He hams it up really well. He's very flamboyant. Yeah, he's I very... Mean, uh, the thing I did... I, I like Ewan McGregor, generally speaking. Um... But I thought like his accent was pretty bad in this. 
that kind of distracted me a little. But he does yeah. get like the the whole black mask thing. He's uh, the limited amount I know. Um, is that he's supposed to be like very narcissistic, right? And that yes. comes across very well in Ewan McGregor's portrayal. He's self. I love the part actually. It's almost kind of humorous when he when he say the you know the part with the little boiled heads. Yes. And he's like I got some fucking dudes I boiled head, which is yeah, turned yeah. into tiny head to to festoon my uh, my little office thing. And uh, he's just try- he's trying to show off like all the shit that he's got. So his portrayal of him is good. The accent kind of got me a bit though. Mm. That he's one. He, I, I get the feeling he doesn't use a, a, like an actual voice coach and just kind of. He's just gone with it. Yeah, and you, you can think? generally tell a little bit when that. When I think when that happens, in contrast, say for example, even though I hate the voice that um, <laughs> Margot Robbie does in this, as an Aussie, she was in Neighbours when she was a, a bit younger. Um, she. Uh, so yeah, I use a voice, voice coach. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Yes. Um, she, her <laughs> no American comment. accent is very, you can tell it's cultivated. Yeah. Clearly she had the ambition to be in big movies. Uh, so not that I'm saying Neil McGregor doesn't, the dude's done fucking everything. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, I just found it a bit distracting. Yeah. No, no, I It could I have agree. been English. Why, why don't I always make it, like if they're going to change the characters um, and make them a bit different, make him fucking English. It, it could have done. It could have still been incredibly flamboyant and he could have just been he was brought to, to Gotham at a young age or whatever but I think in going with his backstory like it's to do with like the sort of like from any kind of like Batman law if anyone is into the Batman stuff there's obviously several crime families in, in Gotham that are all sort of caricature spoofs of like well they're all they make them all Italian don't they yeah they're all reason. yeah they're all like Falcone and everyone like that and obviously Sionis Roman Sionis his family are obviously a, a big he sounds of... like a brand of speakers to me yeah he does. <laughs> no, that's, that, that shit in right I've yeah, sworn to him I've, I think I've sworn like three times already you, you can tell I'm sleepy out. you use this as stress relief on this podcast I bet, I bet when it's a film I don't like, like I do yeah I'm a bit sleepy today though. You, you're gonna be like um, <laughs> to, 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 to use a movie analogy you think of yourself on this episode. You are like the engineers in the uh, in NASA HQ in Apollo thirteen. You've got to try and figure out how to make some amps of energy from uh, from me, who does not eat much for like two days. So fair enough. Okay, I'm just going to I'm just going to kick you every now and again. Yeah, that work. Okay? Yeah, work. <laughs> Straight in shins. <laughs> um, so just just some. some well, it's not pointless. It's all information, Adam. But um, some some pointless information because this is what we do on this podcast. The uh, do you want to, do you want to have a stab at the budget? Let's let's play a new game where you have a stab at the budget. Because Ooh, this is how because you got a inflation adjusted. I'm old now, so I like I think of things in like nineties money. It but it only um, came out a, a year ago. Technically, Christ, it only came out a year ago. It's twenty twenty one. Yeah, um, feels like about four years during this pandemic. Let me drop in there two hundred mil. You think you think it costs them two hundred mil? Budget. Isn't you going budget or box office? What are you after? Uh, that suggests that I'm closer with the box office. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think the box office there was two hundred million. Maybe uh, its budget just... was probably. Yeah, I don't know if it was a flop or not. Let's. I'm going to say two eighty then. Two two hundred eighty million for the budget. Two hundred box office. Okay. Uh, nah, there's there's no no CJ. One hundred and fifty mil for the budget. Two hundred for the box office. Okay, so the budget. Let's <laughs> <laughs> try to help you, but <laughs> so the uh, the budget was eighty four point five million as an estimate in dollars. Fuck. Yeah. Hey, you just fine. Look, this podcast, you're allowed, man. This is your... You can be as flamboyantly sweary as you want because that's... I'll, I'll turn it back we're now. We're an explicit I'm, I'm podcast. We have the little E symbol next to all that, that yeah. And obviously the, the box office for this, not obviously because you didn't know, but the box office for this is 201.8 million. See, um, this is mad, man. We talked about last week about Scott Pilgrim having uh, box, uh, a budget of... That was what? 90 million or something? Yeah, sixty million, and it made like it basically made about two thirds of the the. It it were a flop, yeah. Because because you've got to look at it that whatever the budget is, if you times that by two, that is the total. So so kind of what you said is the one fifty is probably right, but it cost eighty four point five million to make, but they usually spend as much on the marketing yeah, as they yeah. do. So when they make the box office back, if if anyone didn't know this, two hundred and one million, they've barely made anything back from from making it and marketing it, which well, is classed as a. A flop, yeah. Especially for a superhero film like this is a very big flop. Well, it's a naff film. Let's be fair. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I would, I, I would not have guessed that the budget was that low. I, I mean, in modern terms, that's pretty low. Although I suppose the cast isn't full of A-listers, so no. It's well, it also doesn't. It's not. It's not like a heavy CG. There is CG in it, but it's not like a heavy CG film. It's not like they've got to make them fly or. Mm shoot lasers or Harley Quinn's quite a grounded character she's a bit flamboyant but it's grounded it's all brawls and backflips and baseball like bats that. baseball bats yeah giant hammers yeah what the fuck is that I don't, I've done it again I've done it, done it again <laughs> he's a very angry man today I just I, I hate this film I'll, I'll snap out of it it's cool come on let's do it let's do it <laughs> 
Um, did you did you want to talk about how in in general about this film? Then Don't we normally like, do like a an overview of the actual. Oh plot? yeah, good point. We haven't done that right. We're gonna I'm gonna let you go with the overview, and then um, off podcast you were saying that you were gonna struggle because you're not a big fan of the film. Yeah, I, <laughs> so I will jump in after and fill in the gaps if you've missed out. I'm gonna go swimming, and when I start to inevitably drown, you're the lifeguard. Right, <laughs> let's let's do it. So this is a film based in the uh, the DC extended universe. Correct. The very and, uh, convoluted DC extended universe. Yeah, God, doesn't make sense. Um, and it's it's uh, Joker's. You know, he's he's off. To, I don't know where the heck he is. But um, so the film essentially follows centrally Harley Quinn, Doctor Harley and Quinzel. Correct. Uh, yeah, man. Bonus points. <laughs> I get a bonus for that. Um, Ding. And yeah, it, it follows her um uh, through a series of um, I don't know what like it's miniature adventures. Um, and centrally there's a, this antagonist, um, the Black Mask, and um, basically he goes after, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just doing an awful job with this. <laughs> okay, I'm going to help. I'm going to help. This is, uh, right, yeah. So uh, She falls the birds of prey, and then they get back at this guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in in summary, that that's, that's a fairly accurate. So, so basically, the whole film is Harley dealing with, as the original title, the fantabulous emancipation of herself. She is she's broke free from the chains and the shackles that be have been with the Joker, of Jared Leto, yeah, of, of Jared Leto, Jared Leto, <laughs> who's. Uh, um, obviously, the Joker is a known abuser and manipulator, and obviously, we barely saw any of that in the uh, the first film in this series that introduced this version of Harley Quinn, which was the first Suicide Squad film. So she's broken free from him, and she's trying to be out on her own and do her own thing. But as with all films in in general, where someone breaks up with someone, they're finding the feet. She goes through several troubles to get there, doesn't she? It takes takes a while for her to find herself. She then stumbles into this plot where. Black Mask is looking for a certain diamond that has got some some coordinates or, or some details for them to be able to find some sort of money or something. Basically, that is the gist of it, isn't that it? That was it. It's a diamond. That's yeah, there's a, a diamond. That's a device. central plot device that ties in the the as mentioned Birds of Prey, which are a DC sort of female super team but they're not really ever super powered they're usually sort of like vigilantes a bit like batman sort of they're like the characters like the reserves team like the man city (laughs) reserves kind of thing um no actually man city reserves would be quite good like yeovil town reserves or something like that So yeah, it's just the formation of, of, of that team in this universe and it collides with harley who you kind of follow in as a central character throughout that is that's pretty much it in a nutshell, yeah, she's she's kind of your traditional anti-hero. Yes, at this point, yeah, yeah, she is naturally a psycho and a criminal and stuff. Yeah, but um, it's supposed to, it's kind of a, an action comedy. There, well, it tries to be comedic. If, if I think, in personally, it fails quite spectacularly. But <laughs> you're supposed to like her, you know. That that's the the gist of it. Yeah, they're trying to paint her as a more sympathetic villain. It, it, what they're doing basically in this film and the idea that I think Margot Robbie had because she was the one that originally went to DC and Warner and said I want to make like a 15 rated solo film and I want the birds praying it because she it, it, believe it or not she, she is genuinely interested in this character. I think in a recent quote for the Suicide Squad that's just come out this year she said that she will play this character forever because she enjoys doing it so she clearly I'm does so like glad. doing it. That's such a relief to me. I can't wait to when's the next one coming out? <laughs> Gotham City Sirens is apparently the next one that she's going to be in, which is the next continuation of these. So, yeah, so she she, she went to them to, to do this, and it's clear that they were trying to copy Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool. Like, it's it's got yeah. that kind of I'm level... Seeing, I'm of, seeing that, yeah. It, it's, it's got that kind of level of comedic undertone that's maybe not quite as well executed. Harley the, Quinn is a character that is very similar to Deadpool in the sense that they are very much... This macabre humor is yeah. it's kind of like a black comedy, you know, dark comedy. But uh, they're reaching for that level. They're getting nowhere fucking near. I mean, the, the Deadpool is a good film. Yeah, the first one I didn't watch the second one, um, just because I get to, I get. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm I don't mind your Avengers, all that all stuff, yeah. Endgame and stuff. Great films, right? There's some great comic book movies out there. But there's so many of them now. It's just I see us. I'm like, oh god, not another sequel. So you're, you're you're one of the uh, people that's starting to get a bit of comic book movie fatigue. Oh yeah, man. I've been for it's. Yeah, I'm, I don't want to expand see, on see, that. See, I, 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 obviously, you know me pretty well. You've known for a long time. I, I, I'm like obsessed with all this stuff, so I get right into it, and like I could watch them for ages. But I, I do, I do 
have to admit when I see a dud <laughs> one, like, you know, one just doesn't work. And this is one where it kind of, like, it wasn't awful. It's much better than some of the other things, you know, the aforementioned uh, Wonder Woman 1984 that I mentioned in the intro. But, it, it, yeah, I can see why you don't like it. It's not terrible. It's not great. It's just kind of a bit, eh. The only point of the film that I laughed was when he talked about somebody's boiled head. Yeah. That tells you about how <laughs> funny it is. <laughs> I, I like his his um, his level of energy in it. Like I think it, I think it's a very average film. I would recommend that if you're into like your comic book stuff and for some reason you'd never got around to watching it, check it out, and make your own opinion. Because I hate being the person that tells people what they should and shouldn't watch. I think at the end of the day, everyone has a different opinion. But just you know, be aware that it, it might not blow your socks off to the level that say like what Adams just said, like you know, an Avengers Endgame or something like that. There isn't, you know. It's watchable. It's a popcorn movie, isn't it, really? That's a good way of putting it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, based on the stuff that I did like from it, to just see whether we can try and pull anything from you where you might like it. What about the police evidence, like the lock-up fight scene? So not the initial... Oh, she goes in and takes on the actual um, police, but the bit after that where they're in the lock-up, the, so like where she's picking up different weapons and using different stuff. It, it kind of... That scene... For a fight scene, which obviously, again, as you just mentioned, fatigue, people see loads of comic book fight scenes these days. That one just kind of flows really well and works and it kind of suits the character really well. It all just sort of, for me, is one of the minor highlights of the film is that the, the fight scenes do, for the most part, work. Yeah, and I'll give you that. The, the fight choreography is really cool. I mean, it's not Jackie Chan levels are cool, no, but no. I mean, it's 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 good. You're right, it's, it's done uh, in a way which makes it... Uh, interesting and that lends to a bit of comedy um so yeah i I agree with you that's if i was gonna pick um maybe one area in which it did succeed it would be fisticuffs (laughs) see look look guys i'm trying to i'm trying to just pull in on a couple of threads just to see if you can have anything nice to say because you know as people say you know if you've got nothing nice to say then don't say anything at all but this is a podcast and obviously it'd be just silence for the next 20 minutes come come on in just be silent and watch you like just (laughs) wax lyrical about harley quinn (laughs) Um, do you think then that this portrayal, this this version, which is a continuation, this is meant to be following on from the first, the 2016 Suicide Squad, I would say that if I'm going to take another positive from this, she's better in this and she's been slightly better written than she was in that film. She's more of an ogly, eye candy caricature type in Suicide Squad, whereas in this they flushed her out a bit and give her a bit of a, an actual character. But yeah, I mean, I mean that's natural, isn't it? Because I suppose in the Suicide Squad, they're following a number of people and they do go to some lengths to explain who everyone is. Um, they don't do a great deal of that with Harley Quinn, but in this film, yeah, at least she has... Um, I'm not going to say Margot Robbie's... She certainly doesn't play a bad character. No. Um, but yeah, I think it's it becomes a bit tedious after... I don't know, 13 minutes, I think. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I'm not going to criticise the acting or anything like that. And yeah, she has more of a, a, a story. It's more of a character study, right? And it, it goes into some interesting themes about um, depend, uh, codependence and stuff. Because she, yeah. she talks about how much she, she wa- just wants somebody to kind of control her a bit like the yeah, Joker yeah. did. And then, she, as the title suggests, she's at some point emancipated that from that uh, view of life. Um, and yeah, I get the feeling that... that um, it's almost kind of a, a bit of a kind of twisted chick flick. That's yeah. not meant to be condescending anyway. What yeah, I just no, mean no, is I it's, it's saying, one of those yeah. kind of fe- fe- kind of a, an empowerment film. Um, so I think you you could you could enjoy it on that level. It's just not a very good film. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm I'm going to stop trying to drag some stuff out of you. I just thought that you know there there are a couple of points when I've watched it back where I was like, actually, these are the things that maybe does well. You could say one thing. It's better than burnt. It's better than that. <laughs> <laughs> Our worst episode, people. Is Go it, listen to it just to see us lose lose his minds over it. It's um, it, it needs some needs some ears around it. Go, it it go makes it sense, doesn't it? There's like a, an odd satisfaction I get in that. There's the worst movie, yeah. the worst performing episode <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> For now. <laughs> For now, yeah. There's always time to get worse. Disappointingly, I mean, this is we're going off on a bit of a sidetrack here because we can. It, of those two, we did Chef, and Chef is the second least listened to episode, and that is a fantastic film. So go listen to that one, then go listen to the burnt one, and yeah. then watch one of those films. <laughs> Don't watch the other. That was a good podcast too, man. I thought, yeah. like, I left I thought we had a lot of fun, and we, we, we tried to get some beignets, and uh, we're losing the plot. For, for the food scene that we're going to talk about shortly, I did not bring... 
I noticed there's no food this week. Because it would have uh, stunk out the entire Beard HQ. It would have been very cold as well if I'd have saved yeah, it from the time of day you're supposed to eat it. Yeah. Um, but as we mentioned before, you know, if we keep doing these, we might, you know, we could do like a breakfast podcast and go go grab some brekkie. But we'll we'll come we'll come to the food in a second because I've got some facts, right, okay. which are particularly just facts about the film. But I just thought because I knew when we were talking about this the other day when you were watching it that you weren't a big fan. I just thought I'll just bring some 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 DC facts to the table to do with the film and see what you think. Goody, yeah. see if I can cheer you up. Okay, I think I'd, like I had a little caffeine before I left. It's kind of starting <laughs> to kick in now, so yeah, I'll, I'll, I promise I'll cheer I, up. I, I promise I'm going to kick you in your shins in a bit as well. Yeah. So just when you. Can't at least expect it. Yeah. <laughs> so this is actually to do with the film before I say anything else, but did you know that Journey Smollett, she was actually, I, I was confused earlier because I was looking for um, like the cast and her name when I last looked at this was Journey Smollett Bell, but she's had a divorce. So she's now called Journey Smollett. From... Reminds me of the, uh, the band Journey, <laughs> obviously. Uh, she did her own singing in this film. So Black Canary um, in this film, obviously she's got a, a sonic voice, um, if you know the character from the comics. and uh, as, she's... Wait, as opposed to one of those non-sonic voices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it emits no sound whatsoever. Well, a supersonic voice then. A super-powered voice. Yeah, super fa- a super-powered voice. Not, yeah. Which yes. she uses once in the entire movie. Yeah, which is really frustrating because it builds it up for ages and it does it. And it's probably the best variation I've ever seen because there's this shitty CW TV series. Apologies if you do like those shows, but they went down the pan very quickly. It's in that, but the TG and that's terrible. In this, it's quite good, but Adam is right. They literally use it once and it's like, you've got a right there. She's a badass as well. She's like really good in the film, the fight scenes, but just use the powers that you could have got out of so many more of the situations. Scream at some people. Yeah. But she does her own singing in the film. So the uh, singing in the club was, was all her. That was her. Yeah. That's, is, that kind of connects to last week when we talk about um, Brie Larson doing the same yeah. too. Yeah, there you go. See, look, it's full of connections. I mean, you did joke about the uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead stuff earlier, but we, we did genuinely pick this film because of that link. Yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> and and the, uh, the, you know, the comic bookiness that yes. segues between. So I did, in fact, let me go back to real quick, because if I could, well, yeah, there's, there aren't going to be many things about this film <laughs> that I like. One thing I did, that did make me laugh a little, more like of a, a, a low chuckle than a laugh, but the fact that she keeps trying to call herself Huntress, yes, and they're like, yeah. "No, you're like, what's what's her real name? <laughs> I forget her name now." Uh, so her real name, she's one of the Bertinellis. So she is Helena. Oh, sorry, Helena Bertinelli. Um, yeah, yeah, and they're like, "Oh, you're that girl." And she's like, "No, I'm, I'm called Huntress." <laughs> that didn't make me laugh. A yeah, little the bit. comedy because in like the comics and like I mentioned before, and there's like the CW, the Arrow show that Huntress is in as well. She's normally a Batman sort of character in the comics. But she's normally more serious and they've obviously like leaned into the comedy aspect that she's really good and, you know, she can do. She did it in Scott Pilgrim and stuff. They've kind of leaned into that kind of punky comedy sort of aloof. I don't really know that she, she did comedy. You know I mean? She was the foil for the comedy. She was the, yeah. the joke, an element of the joke production. But um, I mean, she's good in this. You know? yeah. I mean, and she, she's, you know, handy with a crossbow, which yeah. they keep confusing for a bow and arrow somehow. Yeah. Two different weapons. If you ever played any, any, good, any good RPG... You can know those are two different things. Yeah, exactly. One one uses bolts. <laughs> Indeed. But, uh, there we go. That's about all my crossbow knowledge. There you go. Um, wow. <laughs> I, what what kind of um, I'm hoping for from this film as well before I jump into anything else. Black Canary is obviously a Green Arrow associated character. Oh yeah, obviously. Yeah. I would quite like a Green Arrow film. I just think that the TV series was good for two seasons. Don't come at me about like any other. St- Two seasons, first two seasons, great. I really like um, Amel. I've forgotten his first name, but I, I really like him. Rob, not Robbie Amel, Stephen Amel. That sounds right. I really, I really like him as an actor. But yeah, I, I we need who, any ideas? Any kind of like blonde, goatee-looking guys that you would cast as a Green Arrow in the DCEU? That's that's intentionally dead air, by the way. We <laughs> <laughs> get off this. Let me say, just for pure banter, Simon Pegg. <laughs> wow um okay so i promised i promised just random facts didn't i so here's one did you know that when harley is remembering her heart being broken by the joker with a little cartoony skit which i also quite liked it mm. kind of tried anyway to be comedic and using cartoons and stuff she recalls two guys and one girl but one of the girls is in the exact style of poison ivy from the batman the animated series from 1992 
come on, man. He's so going to do better. Her, like, her, normally, her, these facts are higher quality than that. <laughs> no, her, her character is uh, a long romance with uh, Poison Ivy in the comics. So she's, ah. she's bisexual. So that's what it was hinting at. Also, did you know that Harley Quinn was actually created in the Batman, the animated series? She did not exist prior to the original cartoon series with Kevin Can I Conroy. shock you? Can I shock you? Go on. I didn't know that. No, I, that, didn't. That one, I didn't know that at all, no. Yeah. no so she's, <laughs> like a, she's quite a recent addition to like Batman lore or characters or whatever. So she was invented for the animated series and then because she was so popular, she's then ended up in comics and TV and film and stuff like that. Nice. So yeah. Blew your mind right yeah. there. There you go. Uh, the hyena is also from the animated series. So in the animated series, she has two hyenas called Bud and Lou, named after comic duo Bud Abbott and Louis Costello. Um, but in this one, they can only do one because they couldn't afford to use the effects for two. Also, did you know that it was a photorealistic animation that was dubbed over a Alsatian? I didn't know that. No, no it's, that's quite an interesting one. It would have been more interesting if they had Whoopi Goldberg um, voice it, you know, like in Lion King. <laughs> That would have been... They, they yeah, I <laughs> might kind of stretch too far. <laughs> I mean, it does... I, when I was watching that scene where they're using the... Um, it's food-related, where she shares... Like a red vine, like a Twizzler from yeah. America, which are absolutely excellent. I love those things. She shares it with um, Bruce, that she's named, obviously, after that hunky Wayne guy. Yeah. Because uh, in this universe, she's obviously got the hots for Bruce Wayne. Who doesn't? Yeah, well, yeah, obviously. Um, it's a dog. So she she was having to share food because um, she'll have done that. She'll have actually done that with a dog. I don't know if I would share red vines with a dog. One, I, I like them too much to share them with anyone. And two, a dog. Yeah, no, I'm not bit, feeling bit, that, man. A bit slobbery, but, you know, actors do a lot of stuff that sometimes she... I mean, if I was being paid, whatever the heck <laughs> she was being paid for this film, I probably would I'll stock this dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'd eat the dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I wouldn't eat a dog. Don't get you know. Don't, don't call <laughs> Peter on me. There'd be like a helicopter with the with the with the agents of Peter coming down. And be like, put the dog down. Be like vegan police last week. <laughs> <laughs> See, look, all these links, all these links, man. Yeah. Uh, God, I'm trying. I'm just. I'm going through it. I know that you're not going to like any of these facts. So I'm just trying to think whether we should. There just are skip more them. facts. Good lord. Oh. Okay, here's a link that I thought was interesting just because it ties into our very first episode. So Ooh, think right, back okay. to that romantic day when we first sat down and uh, we talked about Pulp Fiction and that uh, lovely Hawaiian burger joint. Remember? I do remember. I remember. They were, they were that was a good episode. Times. I remember that. They, they were innocent <laughs> times where we didn't know if anyone were ever going to listen to us or uh, yeah. pay any attention. So during the production of this film, the working title was called Fox Force 5. Do you know why that's relevant to Pulp Fiction? No. No. So Fox Force 5 was the name of a fictional television show that never made it past the production of its pilot in the movie Pulp Fiction. So you know when Vince is having the conversation when they're going up to the apartment before yeah. the infamous scene that we yeah. talked about? Yeah. And they're talking about, we were on about all the minutiae about cinema and how, you know, films and TV shows get made and all that yes. kind of crap. Yeah. It's that. So yeah, I just thought it was a nice little link, nice little fact people probably don't know. You did a di deep dive to get that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I'm scraping the barrel here. Yeah, very <laughs> Should much. Should we move so. on? <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, yeah. So that is that is pretty much everything you'd want to know about Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Should we go home now? Oh, no, there's a food we, scene. We talk no, about the no, 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 reason, reason that came is the food scene. The food scene, yeah, yeah, God, yeah. So, um, should we should we go into that and you can tell people what said food scene is? And there's actually some facts about the food scene. Would More you facts, believe? please. More yeah. facts before you fall asleep. Let's do it. Right, man, let's ham it up a bit. We're talking about food. Let's get excited again. I see what you did there. Ham it up. Yeah. Food. <laughs> I'm such a, you know, <laughs> I, I might sound like an idiot every now and again, but, you know, I've, I've got it in my locker. I can pull it out every now and again. <laughs> so what are, we, what are we talking about? What, what are we skirting around? A, a breakfast sandwich? A breakfast sandwich. Not just any breakfast sandwich. This breakfast sandwich has an arc. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one a of central the character. They should have got somebody to play the sandwich. Yeah, but, but that was the, that's probably the only bit that they didn't do with this sandwich because this sandwich it it sounds silly, but for a scene it starts off the sort of the wheels in motion for characters colliding. Yes, it also arcs back to said characters later on in the film where said sandwich is referenced. And then at the very end, it, it ties itself up in a neat, lovely, pretty little bow with um, they finally get the... It almost feels like this is all Harley wanted all the way through the film was just to have a bite of this sandwich. Yeah. And it, and it 
she finally gets it. So I can appreciate on that level. I, I, there's nothing worse than when somebody interrupts <laughs> me when I'm eating. Yeah, I can't and, stand that. And, and, and her interest was quite big. So we're talking about, um, yeah, I'd say infamous, but it only came out last year, but maybe one day it will be, the breakfast sandwich scene. So you want to t- tell the people the constituent parts of the sandwich? I, yeah, I can do. So um, the sandwich itself, um, according to Harley Quinn, who's doing her own sort of narration at this point. So it cuts to Harley Quinn doing a voiceover about the whack job with the penchant for peeling faces is Roman Sionis, which is Black Mask. Yeah. And it skips to her being in her favorite, uh, it looks like a bodega. It's an yeah. American like shop with, they normally have like a food counter, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, see, look, I know my shit. Um, and the fact that he wants me dead hasn't yet hit the radar. See, I was halfway across town. She was hungover. So first thing I can relate to is when you're hungover, you want a big dirty breakfast sandwich, right? Indeed. So she's thinking about breakfast. It's an egg, bacon, American cheese, soft, toasty, buttered roll, and with just a dash of hot sauce, but not too much. As she I, tells I related Sal. to her on that level. Just a little the, bit. The dude's about to go, go wild. Go with ham. The, with just, the... just a dash. She says, pack it in, lad. Just, just a dash or two. It's in one of those kind of like controlled bottles. You get the, yeah. you know, it just kind of splashes out a little bit. Yeah. And he's about to go wild, even though she's been eating it. It's implied for a while. Yeah, it's her favorite sandwich. Yeah, yeah. he still hasn't figured out. This is what kind of restaurant <laughs> this bloke because he doesn't know how much hot sauce she wants, and she's the only guy, in the, only guy, only girl in the place, as far as I can tell. For God's sake, Sal. Honestly, <laughs> know, get your shit together, Sal. So yeah, that is that is the start of the the whole scene in itself. Then turns into a chase scene. Yeah. So it's 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 sandwiched, if you will. <laughs> between. I bet you wrote between, that down, didn't you? I didn't actually. <laughs> that just came to me right now. Top class improv. Um, it's so it's sandwiched between her obviously ordering it and doing this uh, inner monologue narration about the sandwich. Um, just some things of note from that inner monologue. So she carries on talking to herself in her head hence in a monologue, um, about that Sal is a, is a lifesaver. I think she does say out loud, but then she also mentions that she doesn't know whether it's the stray Armenian arm hair or the fact that the cheese slices are six months out of date, but whatever it is, it's it's the reason that she loves this sandwich. Do you care to break any of that down? Do you, do you, have you ever had a sandwich that's got a bit of someone's... You know, yeah, probably had <laughs> plenty of sandwiches that have got my own hair in them. And you know what? That's one thing. Let's get Since we've done a, bit of, a little bit of food talk here, you know what people complain about, like, hair being in their food? Mm-hmm. That, that really winds me up. And I know it's, it's kind of like one of those universal... Oh, you're going to be like, oh, I love the extra protein, mate. It's, well, it's soapbox time. It's probably not much protein in it. But it's soapbox time. God, it's, there we go. Plug yourselves in, folks. I realise it's a socially kind of accepted standard that you don't have hair in food, right? I get that. But when people are cooking food, especially if you're in, you know, like a not particularly high-end restaurant, there's a chance some hair's going to just pull it out, man. Like, whenever I've been in a restaurant, it's me saying, I've got hair in my thing. I'm like, get your fingers in there, pull the hair out. Like, it's not going to do you any harm. It's hair. What if it's unclean hair, though? What if, it's, what if someone's got dirty hair? Well, you, you put, that's why you pull it out, right? I mean, like, what, what the heck is it going to be carrying? I don't know. I get the feeling that like, a lot of people, germs. they're not going to be with me on that. But I, <laughs> I just, if it was me, I would, I'd just This week out on What Grinds Adam's Gears. <laughs> Plus, yeah, I, 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 was, I was less annoyed about the whole vegan thing last week. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, let's, like, the scene is good. It made me a little bit hungry. Watch them cook it. It's, it's food pot. So I've actually got some facts because, uh, believe it or not, IMDb had four individual, like, factoids just about this sandwich. Good Which Lord. I thought was insane considering when I messaged you about this food scene, you was like, oh, it just seems like a breakfast sandwich. Yeah, I mean, it's not like, I guess, like, look, look, we're going to, we mention them every week. Has Babish done this one? He has done this one, yeah. He has done this done. one, yeah. Got in there nice and early. But it's not, <laughs> there's nothing particularly um, outstanding about it. Um, and it's a little small, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, I mean, she's overpaid. I think for what she ends up getting. I think she, I think she actually technically underpays about seventy five cent. Says that she's Probably good for it. Or a reasonable discount. Given the, I don't know. Yeah, the, the cheese is out of date. So I mean, and it's got hair in it. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna fire out these facts, and then you can digest. I'm ready. I'm ready to take these thing. facts to the chest. So Bruno Oliver was the guy that was cast. Um, he was in the American Office um, for like one episode. I don't know why IMDb was so, you know stuck on highlighting this guy he seems like a nice guy because he's done a lot of he's given a lot of information in these facts so when bruno oliver booked the role of short order cook sal he had no idea how significant sal and his breakfast sandwich were to the story so as we implied the sandwich does have an arc which kind of 
interweaves into the story a little bit, I guess. According to him, you couldn't tell from the audition necessarily, and as actors, we always worry about our scenes being cut. Oliver notes, I really didn't understand the place the egg sandwich had in the movie until I saw it. So yeah, that's it's not really a fact. It's more of a uh, understanding of the scene. Yeah, you took essentially a small quotation from... <laughs> yeah. yeah, great fact. I give that one a three out of ten. Next one. Okay, yeah. So, is it like what, what, what this you one is actually? Doing this one is actually a fact and um, some information about Margot Robbie you would not have known about unless I told you or unless you read this on IMDb. All right, okay. I believe. I believe. This is how strong. This is like a solid ten out of ten. Maybe an eight out of ten. Right, okay, <laughs> I'm ready for it. Yeah, it. The egg sandwich that is made for Harley Quinn is not made with chicken eggs. Dun dun dun. Good but instead, Lord. it's made with duck eggs because Margot Robbie is allergic to chicken egg whites. She gets migraines from them, apparently. Um, so the production had to provide duck eggs to avoid an allergic reaction. <laughs> that can't be real. It's quackers, isn't it? Oh, my God. You know what? You saved it. That's made the podcast for me. This might be my favorite one so far. <laughs> I'm, just trying to, I'm just trying to add energy to it. You cheered to... me up. You cheered, finally, it was worth watching this dog shit film just for that that fact and that little kind of pun that you did there. I don't believe that she's allergic to chicken eggs. Come off it, man. It gives her a migraine. Mm. Not buying. Not buying. Sorry. But she just prefers a fancier egg in a, I reckon in so. a breakfast sandwich. I might be. That's maybe it's a bit of diva behavior. Like she's cracked Hollywood now, right? She's a big name. She's like, fuck this. That was, that was Give me some duck eggs, man. Give me some ostrich eggs out of season. Um, <laughs> ostrich eggs. Yeah, something like that. Dragon eggs. Daenerys Targaryen's dragon eggs. Yeah, so yeah, maybe maybe a bit far, mate. Probably. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, probably. It, it is Warner's. Technically, they do have the means to be able to get HBO. So it'd be less good. less realistic. And also, she doesn't like um, hot sauce. They'd probably be a bit spicy. Yeah, dragon yeah, true. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, you just you just taken it upon yourself to start hamming in puns wherever you can now. Since I did that, I can't top the quackers <laughs> thing. Excellent work. <laughs> so the day before shooting this scene Bruno Oliver practiced cooking the actual sandwich as you would as an actor I would imagine if you were going to do it on camera he said it was definitely one of the oddest preparations as an actor I've done I spent the night destroying my kitchen making egg sandwiches over and over and over again I bet you've done that in some of your uh, homemade food challenges no I'm one and done a one and one done take. whether I, I, it goes wrong or not 12, 12 <laughs> eggs there if, if yeah, and normally I'll, I'll be eating like a dozen so if anything goes wrong, we just abandon it. Fair enough. <laughs> um, he did make the sandwich in the main takes. So those sandwiches that you see in some of the takes, maybe even the one that she's holding is his. However, the close-up, as you mentioned, because it said it made you hungry, so the, as, as it says right here, mm. it's no smut. The close-up food porn shots were done by the catering chef because as Bruno Oliver said, there are little things I can't do, like crack two eggs with one hand, which... The catering chef could. In honor of the film hitting digital, Bruno Oliver showed journalists how to make the sandwich he made uh, in the film. So, like, how he made it. it. Wait, wait a second. He told people, instructed people how to make an <laughs> egg, bacon, and cheese sandwich. So, believe it or not, as, as already in the scene describes the recipe, but the recipe takes bacon, eggs, American cheese, and bread, which Oliver recommends should be a sheer batter. So, there are nooks and crannies for the gooey egginess to go into. Pretty good choice of bread, to be fair, if you're going to make like a quite crispy... It doesn't look like Chabat in the film. No, it's not. It's just like... It looks like it's bro- some kind of brioche style. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so what, he's already deviated. <laughs> what's this guy doing, man? He's trying hey. to launch himself a, co- a cooking career. <laughs> it's apparently so just, just his one egg sandwich. There's like s- several variations of this of the egg sandwich. You know what? You can cook it in a baguette. You can cook it in soggy, <laughs> but you can cook it even in crustless bread. 50-50 King's Mill. Half and half. Like, <laughs> whatever you want. Apparently, also, according to this fact, I've, I've included the full thing because you get everything here. Okay. Um, because of COVID-19 and uh, the pandemic that COVID-19 was, Oliver had to go to four different stores within one week to find all of those ingredients to show these journalists. A oh, uh, 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 worthy trip, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. well, he's, he's clearly like uh, milked it for all his worth, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. He's a uh, golden egg, if you were, I guess. It's got to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna mention this anyway, as like a, a bit um, before we wrap up this scene. Have you noticed that during this film, Harley is like obsessed with food anyway? So she's always looking for something to eat. So like, even if she's fighting people, she's pursuing this sandwich. 
Um, she takes refuge and lives above like a Taiwanese food shop where she gets like this extra spicy Mongolian beef, which sounds quite interesting. I'd maybe try it. I quite like my spicy food, so I might give it a go. And obviously she robs the grocery store as well and nicks a lot of shit from there as well. So she's just constantly eating. I'm not sure if it's like Brad Pitt levels from like the Oceans film where he's just eating constantly, which we will have to do at some point. But uh, yeah. After after watching it and then checking out this this fact on IMDb, it's a bit of a loose fact because it's you know it's a mere film. observation. <laughs> yeah, no, I did. I actually didn't notice that at the time. I noticed that a couple of because normally when I'm forced to watch these films, forced um, in preparation. <laughs> um, obviously, I take note of anything that um, crosses the the uh, anything edible. The basically. Palate, yeah, basically anything that goes behind somebody's teeth, um, be it food or drink. Um, I, but I yeah, clearly I was. I mean, I didn't give a shit after the first fourteen minutes. So like, I I, I didn't notice that. But no, I I kind of got that she was eating and snacking now and then. That that was that was all the facts, man. That were, that were all of them. I feel like I'm yeah I'm full of facts now. <laughs> I peaked on that second one, didn't I? Man? Yeah, it's, it's should it, should you don't have to. I mean, you can prepare all the facts you want. You can you should you should go out after after the, the second one. <laughs> Um, I think what else we can dissect in this food scene. Um, I, I, I believe you hadn't even mentioned it. I can't believe you of all people hasn't mentioned it. This, this sandwich has its own theme. It's got Barry White's I'm Gonna Love You Just a Little More Baby as, it, as its theme. I mean, everyone loves a bit of Barry White. I don't think Can't the sandwich has ever been as sexy. It's like the more I give, the more you want. He's making like strict eye contact with me whilst he's doing this. I feel a bit scared. <laughs> <laughs> the walrus of love. Ain't that just the worst nickname? Why do they call him that? Poor bloke. Anyway, have you ever have you seen a breakfast sandwich with its own theme song before? So you know, she's clearly in love with the sandwich. Is the point that we get like she's a bit of an erratic character, and therefore her be all and end all is this sandwich that's going to change her life because she's now decided that she's free of the Joker and wants to go out into the world on her own. Should point out this is after she's blown up Ace Chemicals. Yeah. So it's it's her victory morning after she got pissed. She blew up Ace Chemicals where the start of her romance and intertwining nature with the Joker. Well, where she became Harley Quinn because she knew him from Arkham, I guess, before then. And now in this, this is her triumphant first day in the life of the emancipated Harley Quinn. Indeed. And she has her favourite sandwich. You, when, you, when you put it like this, you really see how loose and floppy the, the whole storyline <laughs> of this film is. It's floppier than the damn sandwich. Somebody knocks a sandwich over as well. Yeah, so so Montoya, so that's what I was getting at as well, the arc. So the three-part arc of the sandwich and the driving force of the film, other than the diamond, I guess, um, is that Montoya, um, everyone's out to get her because now everyone knows that she, I think the detectives, Montoya and her team, know that she's the one that's probably blown up his chemicals because she's the only person that would. Um, everyone knows that she's broken up with Mr. J at this point. So everyone that was scared to go near her because they were terrified of the Joker is now trying to get like the pound of flesh basically and trying to get at her. So it is quite an entertaining chase sequence that starts. So she runs off with a sandwich. Um, she then nicks some stuff from a couple of market stalls because why not? It's like a shiny purse or something like that. Um, and then it goes through a couple of the people that you've already seen in the film up till this point that she's got grievances with. So there's uh, the roller derby dummy because she, she broke that roller derby player's nose when she was skating around at the beginning so she throws a toaster on top of her or something roll derby yeah roll derby roll nice. derby yeah, whatever you, yeah, yeah, however you call it you know <laughs> whatever it is is it a real sport I don't know someone's going to get upset for me saying that <laughs> um, there's uh, the guy who she gets uh, Bruce from the hyena her, um, his brother is out to get her because uh, as it shows in the flashback she, she got the hyena and then let her eat him because I think he was being pervy at the time when she was trying to buy him Yeah, and uh, yeah and then finally Mr. Sionis uh, obviously Sionis um, Black Mask driver who in the club the night before she jumped up in the air and broke his legs in a very very graphic manner by literally just coming down on them whilst they were on like laid out on a table like a granite jacket tackle that was you know just yeah. flew in there about kneecap height that's an Arsenal reference if uh, any of our other listeners who don't follow football wanted to know oh yeah I just I drifted off then and that was a, the nearest comparison I could make incidentally we should like, the only other thing I want to mention about that black mask guy you played by Ewan McGregor what the heck is with the, the pink jacket and the tan <laughs> pants Did you, that, that's a bold look. I, nobody's pulling that off yeah. apart from somebody that's, that commands a lot of respect because he kills lots of people yeah, you can do what he wants, can't he? You're not going to say out to him. He's got, he's got a psychopath as his henchman. Why does he only put the mask on at the end? 
I don't know because he's got an obsession with masks as well. You think he'd I wanted, be I wanted all the time. like him to put it on like the, this is a cross the movie crossover that we need. He puts the mask on and kind of goes like the movie the mask you know. <laughs> they got the wrong one. A couple, a couple of yeah shit not that one takes it off but that's for a different occasion. It's Loki's mask in it as well. So uh, some connections there to comic books. I mean I think mask is actually originally a comic book property as well. Yes, it, yeah, it was. To round this out, tragedy finally strikes. She uh, she gets rugby tackled by uh, Montoya and uh, in a very slow motion sad scene with uh, some epic sort of sad music sandwich falls onto the floor and I thought of anything from this film you of all people Mr. Beard Meets Food would uh, would be quite upset if, if someone yeah but I'd just pick it straight back up and eat it oh no, like, you totally would yeah like, my, my, five guys or whatever I'd be like <laughs> <Yoink. Scoop. laughs> uh, it is a sad moment I've I've you know we've all been there we've had something that we've really wanted to eat and it's just it's just gone someone's not telling I was actually at the cinema once with one of my friends and he got one of those waffles with the ice cream on top yeah and he literally got to the seat and you're not you, even you probably wouldn't eat something like that that's fallen nah. on the cinema floor surely nah, cinema nah. floors yeah. are disgusting uh, he literally sat down and within two seconds of sitting down he dropped it and it literally the, the weight of it like you know because like a buttered piece of toast or whatever because it had ice cream on it just went ice cream down on the floor it was a sad moment a, to me there should be a rule in cinemas against um just any kind of messy like popcorn cool yeah. right although it's not practical because it's loud yeah i think it's like if i if i ran some kind of autocratic state here in the in england <laughs> and i had the opportunity to you know make certain demands of of, of uh, industries i'd say listen cinema industry no popcorn <laughs> let's do i don't know something kind of Wet Jaffa cakes or something like that, right? <laughs> you're not, you're not, you're not going to hear those, and definitely no messy shit because like it's, there's been like a bit of a well pre-COVID, there's a bit of a rena- uh, renaissance, right? In in movie going, like you know, you got every man, and it was a little different. You're getting big slices of sloppy pizza, beer. That nah, it's got to be a sanitized environment, if you ask me. Right. Okay. So there you go. Another soapbox by beard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> don't go to the cinema. Don't enjoy yourself. Don't the eat nat- what you want. The, the nachos thing gets me as well. Like, get, do you want some cheese on your nachos? What? So I can go into a pitch black fucking room, spill it everywhere. Try to see, yeah, see my seat, and then spill nacho cheese all over the place. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Great idea. <laughs> I've got to admit, there are like I, I hate the hot dogs there just because they stink. And why? Well, why do they stinky. cost so much? Cost far too much, and they stink. I've never eaten one from there, but if you, I've been sat next to people with them, and it's just. They've been no. on, on the roller for like yeah. literally 13 years. And then someone years. buys it and sits like two seats down from you and you just get that constant waft of some disgusting, awful... We're going mm. off on a massive tangent here. P- pig um, anus. Yeah, smells nice. Yeah, they're just, they're just not nice. Um, and as, you know, to wrap this up, as I mentioned, the sandwich comes back when Harley meets Montoya at um, Amusement Mile, which is one of Joker's old haunts. Um, and as if you hopefully didn't skip the intro to this... She uh, kicks her out of a window because she killed her sandwich, as she uh, says, which is quite the vendetta to, to hold that level of anger and then yeet someone out of a window. Um, she's fine. She comes back. but so, uh, Somehow survives this fall, yeah, yeah, despite being entirely human. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're all they're all human. <laughs> yeah, but she's not even implied to be. She just has, no, she's just a cop. She has an alcohol addiction and a gun, basically. <laughs> oh, that old trope. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, at the very end, she finally gets a sandwich and it's a happy day. It's the happy ending that she wanted. Yeah. Um, so that's it. That's it. That's that's the uh, iconic breakfast sandwich scene. Did you learn something new? You learned that Margot Robbie only can eat duck eggs, apparently. Yeah, I'm still not buying that, by the way. <laughs> but it, we got a good pun out of it. <laughs> we did. Uh, is there anything else that you want to mention about this film or should we wrap this up? I think one thing which I thought we would have paid some kind of lip service to, and that's the girl eating the diamond. Oh yeah, go on then. And yeah. then, well, no, just she, at one stage, this girl eats eats the 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 diamond, which is for some reason valuable, which I've totally forgotten. Um, but the crime boss dude wants it. Um, she eats it, um, and I think she kind of regrets it because she knows that these these uh, mobsters are gonna probably cut it out of her. But um, Harley Quinn needs it, right? So she tries to go the other way, tries to ex lax it out of her, you know, get some uh, some laxatives in there, and it it concerns yeah. me how long it takes for her to pass the. Yeah, it's, it's strange that this this kid's just got like an iron stomach. And... She has some kind of constipation <laughs> issue. All she, all she needs to do is a, maybe a few coffees, a little bit of, a little bit of warm prune juice, maybe that would have got it out of her. I, I would have got that thing out of her, no problem. Squeeze her head a bit. 
But um, and yeah, that big fucking diamond too, man. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, yeah. It's... She maybe she's a competitor. Well, she's gonna be if that if that uh, <laughs> character exists in the real world. You got maybe you could, you could throw up some numbers at Coney, man. You could you could do it. <laughs> Diamonds. Well, yeah, yeah, but it's, it's probably transferable. If you can eat a diamond the size of a fist, you could probably eat, you know, like a decent amount of hot dogs. I'm waiting for your next episode. You're just like, right, I'm going to eat this diamond. <laughs> yeah, don't ask him to do that, folks. I still want to carry on doing the podcast. I can afford diamonds. I, don't, I, don't I want barely his, afford five guys. Don't want his innards to be shredded to pieces by diamonds. Um, and on that note, <laughs> should we go to the outro? Please. I never <laughs> wanted it so bad. <laughs> That's episode ten. Yeah, ten episodes. I feel like ten should have been a better episode. We should we should have hit something. Next time we're doing a f- f- uh, film full of food. Okay, all right. Well, we'll have we'll have a look. Or maybe, maybe someone could suggest. Uh, people have been suggesting. We will get round, but we're, we're trying to like. The, there is a big list. There is actually quite a lot of films. It's just like whenever we come around to picking, it's, it's a mood thing for no, us. No, what, what it is is, we, is film fellow over here is like. Is there any way we could get a comic book film to talk about again, <laughs> or another Jurassic Park film again? I'm, I'm, forget this, man. I don't get care who tweets us. Next week, I'm picking a film. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's going to be a. I'm gonna. It's going to be one that you've never fucking seen. Actually, right. he's setting himself up for for big things here. I'm excited to see what he finds. Yeah, and we. I I got some ideas. I got some ideas. But well, we we're not really like, any film in which food is consumed at any point is is fair game for us. And then we've got TV as well. And there's plenty of TV we could do. Some yeah. anime as well. Like there's all sorts we can do. We can stretch this out forever. Well, maybe yeah. not forever, but maybe who knows? Maybe forever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, speaking of uh, you know stretching this out or forever at the moment there's 10 episodes so if you want to listen to any of the previous episodes because you've just discovered us for some strange reason we're available wherever you get your podcasts <laughs> nobody's going to listen to this one and want to listen to more <laughs> I hope everyone skips episode 10 go, to, go watch the Inglor- watch go listen to the Inglorious Bastards one or Chef um, those are the two standouts I think wait, 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 to, wait to kill our audience beard um, but if you want to listen to us anywhere else um, on any other podcast platform we're available on all of them uh, I actually got an email the other week from Amazon saying oh, yeah. we would like your podcast on, on our service so we weren't on Amazon so if you are an Amazon like music subscriber then you can find us on there now. We've been solicited by Amazon. Yeah, we actually got an email Good saying, Lord. I think it's because we hit the charts, so all of a sudden people were like, ooh, these guys. <laughs> and, and we're, slowly, we're slowly sinking down the charts. So if people could start listening again, that would be great. <laughs> well, we, we should have done a better episode than this, and we should have capitalised on that. Um, so yeah, we're available on all your podcast providers, and I will... If we get any more random emails for others, I will keep adding us to them. Uh, make sure to give us a subscribe on whichever platform you are listening on. Um, if it says follow instead of subscribe, then that's the same thing. Click on that as well. And if you would like to you know, give us a star review on whatever platform you're on, it's usually Apple Podcasts. That's the big one. That's the one that we would like the reviews, please. Um, but if, if your other service provider has them, then, you know. Can't hurt, can it? Yeah, just just chuck it. Look, we just want reviews. We want stars, reviews, and for people to, to maybe discover us that never knew they needed us in, in their life until <laughs> until that very day that they saw that review from from you. I'm talking to you, the listener. I don't know which one of you, but I'm talking there to one anyone. There is only one. You're talking to one person, literally. <laughs> we've got your mum. Talking about your mum. If you if you're there, subscribe, hey, mum. Hey, no, well, actually, technically, we could be talking to Martin, uh, our oh, Patreon subscriber. Forgot, yeah. I guess as well, if you're going to follow us on all them, you should probably follow us on our social handles. But as mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, please stop fighting between yourself. Please read the post and how many it, followers we got now on uh, on uh, whichever we, is we're actually uh, to about 250 on Facebook. We're on about 70 on Twitter, which I'm, I'm far more active on the Twitter channel, folks. So if you want to come over and just see random tweets, then come join us on Twitter at Movie Mouthfuls. But if you're a Facebook person or an Instagram person, we are also at Movie Mouthfuls. If it turns out that Facebook becomes a bit of a battleground, maybe we'll <laughs> stop doing it as much. I don't know. Um, but yeah, tell your friends, follow us. That'd be great. Well, yeah, no, it would be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you want to follow me, you can do over on Twitter. Oh, you know what this is reminding me of? God, this is the only good thing to come out of this podcast. Do you remember that song by Uncle Cracker? Follow me, everything is alright. Yes. Yep. I'll be the one to tuck you in at night. I'm not going to do that. Neither of us will do no. that. If you follow us, neither of us are going to come and tuck you in at night. Just ignore everything no, that's just said. No, but that's said. going on my like. That's <laughs> going on my like um, embarrassing songs, which are actually quite good playlist you have one of those i'm glad i came here tonight now yeah i'll tell you yeah oh yeah there's plenty of shit on there 
So going back to what I was anyway, saying, sorry. <laughs> if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do at the film fella underscore, um, just as an idea of what I've been posting recently. Um, I had a very, very, I, I picked these films myself because I wanted to have my own opinion, but I've had a very bad weekend of films recently where I've watched some absolutely diabolical stuff. So yeah, if you want to just, you're not alone with if that. you just want to hear the inner workings of my brain as I start to watch things, I usually jump on Twitter and post out whatever bit of sort of mental diarrhea comes in there straight onto the film fella underscore vivid imagery i know your, um, your mental the, your, the inner workings of your brain is ant-man slowly <laughs> undressing to like a print song that's what i imagine when i look at your skull it's terrifying <laughs> <laughs> i'm also I, I do have a youtube channel i've noticed that there has been like a few people subscribing so you probably wait for town. serious yeah, yeah people are coming Why through I'm, 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 I'm five away from 150 so <laughs> not bad that's just 150 that's not 150,000. that is uh, I, it probably blows adam's mind that there are people of that's small. That so i like i'm, I'm 150 uh, i'm at 1.5 million and you're at 150. What's the maths on that? Is it 0.1%? Is it 0.01%? I don't know. I don't I know. What, this is not a, a mathematical podcast, but True. if you want to go check out my YouTube channel, there is some stuff on there. I will be returning at some stage, and that is The Film Fella, and I talk about films and TV and stuff. It's basically what I talk about on Twitter, but just in front of a camera, or sometimes behind clips. <laughs> That's it. If he's having a bad day. You know, if I'm if having, he's a, bad having day. a bad day. Um, Beard, I imagine most people already know about you, but you never want to say where you are. No, it's because I don't want to be associated with this podcast. <laughs> That's a lie. You mentioned this. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Like, don't do that. It's, <laughs> they will just disappear. <laughs> no, it's a lot of fun for me. Um, but yeah, I, I don't need to promote. I, I don't want to say I don't need to promote myself. That sounds like I've got food. a huge ego. If for some reason, you've stumbled onto this via me or via the internet in general. Beard meets food. You could come watch me scoff some stuff it's if you scary. want. So he actually did. Speaking of movie film stuff, I was actually really impressed. He did uh, the crazy, awful, disgusting breakfast from the Venom. Like, I did. We're going to do trailer. that film when that comes out. Like, it, uh, it's some coming point out in, in October. It keeps getting moved because of COVID. So they if keep it comes fall. out, we they will... say fall now. Like they just say yeah. fall, like, which is yeah. in England we call it autumn. Yeah, but um, that's like, kind it of worrying. It just fall. So eventually, when we do get that film, maybe we'll make a day of it. We could go watch it. We could do a podcast. We could do a whole thing because it's we've not really seen a film together for a while. Could do could do that. We could talk about. You asking about on a date here? Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> Live on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Will he say yes? No. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll 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 check that out because uh, yeah, that video was insane. The only thing I was a bit disappointed you didn't put the disgusting splodge of tomato ketchup on it that he does. I don't know if it, es- it clearly escaped your attention. It wasn't a particularly well thought out video. <laughs> white you got lazy Susan that you never used once. <laughs> you just yeah, I know. I wanted to do a spinny B roll thing, and then we loaded it up with so much shit that like if I span it. It, it just flew off it everywhere. It would have hit like Mrs. B, Mrs. B would have had a fucking waffle in the eye. Hey, you would have, it would have been carnage. Oh, yeah. And okay. on that note. <laughs> um, so if you want to send us any questions, uh, we do have an email. So you can email us at moviemouthfuls at gmail.com. You can also just tweet us if you'd like. People have been tweeting, people message you, people send things in. We do get these, we do read them. We will act upon them if they are sensible. So if you want us to, to talk about a, a film or TV show or an anime food scene or you've got an idea that you think we might have missed, then let us know. We've had a few already. We'll add them to the list. We'll get round to them. We have to we have to keep creating episodes, so we'll keep doing them. As mentioned at the beginning, thank you to Martin for his, his donation, his Patreon donation. If you would like to do that yourself, you can do over at patreon.com slash moviemouthfuls. By no means do you have to. We don't expect anything from it, but if you do do it, we'll put it into the podcast. So anything that we get from that, we'll bring back in and try and make this a little bit better for you guys anything we get on patreon i'm gonna put together into like a little fund to have this film you're gonna send me to college expunged (laughs) expunged from cinema history (laughs) no it's not that bad but i might do that with burnt though (laughs) i'll just try to pay to get burnt taken just get this this taken away from every digital download service every every cinema museum you better be careful we'll end up with like more money than we can deal with on patreon (laughs) sometimes Uh, as always, big thank you to Lee. If you, if you are listening to the podcast, mate, we appreciate your musical tunes. Uh, also, a big thank you to Damon, who is working on our new sort of logo. I guess that we're the very necessary logo you need to have when you have a podcast. Yeah, we we need we need to up his game a little bit because I just slapped one together and didn't realize anyone was going to listen to us. And now here we are. <laughs> so here we are. We'll make it a bit more visually line. exciting for you. 
Um, but we will be back very soon, hopefully with a more energized beard. And uh, I do. We- no, I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm going to be serious here for a second because I know some people do listen all the way to the end. Um, I I do. I'm I'm so knackered this week. I, like I've been, I've literally eaten like I'm I'm I don't know. I'm I'm running on I think probably white blood cells or something at this point. Like I, there's no energy left in my body. So if I it, that combined with the fact this film was flipping terrible has kind of led me to being the slightly... I mean, some people might even be shocked. Like, why is having a bad day? He's not always happy, which is true. But, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully you found some enjoyment in my cynicism. Um, so, yeah. But, Don't we um, always? We'll film some more episodes. I'm trying to hook us up a, a decent podcast studio because right now, even though we're in HQ, a beard HQ, um, it's not a well-treated room and we could... Well, I mean, Jordan's on a stool, God bless him. It's like his posture's just suffering. It's already pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so we'll we'll improve as we go. I'm I'm sure. Uh, well, I'm not sure. In fact, we've if, if anything, we seem to be getting worse. But we, we'll, we'll, we'll do our best. Also, I'm going to be in Canada soon, so we're going to have to stack up some episodes. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure something out for when beard is away, so you don't have to go without. Um, but until next time, remember to never share confectionery snacks with a hyena because it probably won't end well. And never wear a tan sports coat with pink. Was it the other way around? Never wear a pink sports coat with tan pants, even if you're Ewan McGregor. Not even Obi-Wan gets away with that. (laughs) And on that note, we'll see you in a bit. I think I need a shot on the defibrillator or something. Swear (laughs) to God. (laughs) Hi, I'm Dietrich. I'm Alex. And I'm Ben. We're from the podcast That Song From That Movie, the journey through the very best and worst of movie songs. We want you to join us on our voyage across the cinematic sound waves as we take a deep dive on a new song and movie each week to figure out just what makes them tick. Already we've set sail with Celine Dion on the Titanic, found a friend in Toy Story, and gotten drenched out in the rain with Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Hopefully each breakdown allows us to answer the ultimate question of what's better, the movie or the song. Or at least learn something new along the way. Just like learning that Toy Story 4 is a meaningless cash grab without a soul. You can subscribe right now on all good podcast platforms. If you use one of the bad ones, then that's on you, and we can't be held responsible. Subscribe to that song from that movie.